Our memory verse for the week comes from Isaiah 56, verse 1. It says, This is what the Lord says. Preserve justice and do what is right, for my salvation is coming soon, and my righteousness will be revealed. Alright, God bless y'all this new week. And well, we're almost done with the book of First John. It's actually only five chapters in the book of First John. So after you get done with this episode, you're 60% done with the book of First John. And that would be our will be two books and almost a third book in out of the 66 books. So we'll be almost three books out of 66 books done with the Bible. As always, you already know what I'm going to say. If you have any questions, comments, or anything to say about the chapter, uh, you can text me at 662-371-8877. Link is in the description. Or you can send me a voice message on Anchor at anchor.fm forward slash Christian boy. But you can definitely text me if you want to. So last week we were in chapter 2 where James touched on a few things that he touched on last week. He also talked about the Antichrist which are anybody who rejects God, who rejects Jesus Christ as God's son, as John said. And then we also learned that you can't believe in God without believing in his son, because therefore, if you don't have the son, you cannot have the father. And we also talked about remaining in God. So now this week, it's going to be first John chapter three. And, um, the beginning of the chapter, he talks about love, and towards the end, he talks about love. I know chapter four is mainly about love, so we're going to see where he goes with this chapter. So let's listen and enjoy. All right. So it's First John chapter three. Here we go. Look at how great a love the Father has given us, that we should be called God's children, and we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it didn't know him. Dear friends, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet been revealed. We know that when he appears, we will be like him, because we will see him as he is. And everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. So these first few verses are uh, really great. Because first off, we know because we are God's children, when God comes, when Jesus comes back for us, we will see him truly as he is, not as we perceive him to be. We will truly see who Jesus is and how he is. And also uh, in verse three, everyone who has his hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. So if you have hope in God, what are you going to do? You're going to make sure you're pure and purified. So let's keep going. Verse four. Everyone who commits sin also breaks the law. Sin is the breaking of the law. You know that he was revealed so that he might take away sins, and there is no sin in him. Everyone who remains in him does not sin. Everyone who sins has not seen him or know him. So, grain of salt here. He says everyone who who remains in him does not sin. Everyone who sins has not seen him or known him. Um, we all fall short. So when John is talking about this, he's talking about those who are in perpetual sin, who are not trying to 
live a holy and separated life. Also, those who are Christians who just completely backslid and went back into their old ways. So if you sin one time, you know, sure, you may you may feel like the, the devil certainly will convict you and say that you're not fully a son of God. But always remember that God, Jesus does forgive. Let's continue going. It says, little children, let no one deceive you. The one who does what is right is righteous, just as he is righteous. The one who commits sin is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. The Son of God was revealed for this purpose, to destroy the devil's works. Everyone who has been born of God does not sin, because his seed remains in him. He is not able to sin, because he has been born of God. This is how God's children and the devil's children are made evident. You see, so Satan's children are constantly in sin, sinning all the time. People who are God's children do not sin anymore. When you become a Christian, you are resisting the temptations to sin. And ultimately, with the Holy Spirit as your comforter, our goal is to be completely without sin. Sure, we may fall short sometimes, like I just said, we may fall short sometimes, but our ultimate goal is not to sin anymore. So we know how we can differentiate from God's children and the devil's children because the devil's children sin and God's children are without sin. This is how God's children and the devil's children are made evident. All right, still in verse 10, whoever does not do what is right is not of God, especially the one who does not love his brother. John, here he goes again, talking about this love. Whoever does not do what is right is not of God, especially the one who does not love his brother. Like I said last week and the week before that, if you if you say you're a Christian, yet you cannot show mercy and love to a fellow Christian or anybody in general, you're not truly a Christian. If you cannot love your brother in Christ or love the sinner in the world, you are not truly a Christian. You cannot say that you are of God. Verse 11, for this is the message you have heard from the beginning. We should love one another. Unlike Cain, who was of the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his works were evil and his brothers were righteous. Do not be surprised, brothers, if the world hates you. We know that we have passed from death to life because we love our brothers. The one who does not love remains in death. Everyone who hates his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life residing in him. Here he goes again, talking about the exact same thing. He even gave the example of Cain and Abel, where Cain hated his brother out of jealousy, out of lust of the eyes. And then he reminds everybody who hates his brother is a murderer. You know and you already know that no murderer has eternal life in him. So if you hate your brother, you're a murderer and you have no eternal life residing in you. That means you're, you're, you're disconnected from God because of your hate, because God is, God does not only love, but God is the personification of love. Let's continue going. Verse 16. This is how we have come to know love. He laid down his life for us. We should also lay down our lives for our brothers. If anyone has this world's goods and sees his brother in need, but closes his eyes to his need, 
How can God's love reside in him? Exactly. If you have a way to help someone and you choose not to help them, how can you say you love God or you love your brother? If I know my brother needs NyQuil cough medicine and I have the NyQuil cough medicine, yet choose not to give it to him, how can I say I love my brother? Verse 18, little children, we must not love with word or speech, but with truth and action. This is how we know we will belong. This is how we will. We will know we belong to the truth and will convince our conscience in his presence. Even if our conscience condemns us, that God is greater than that God is greater than our conscience and he knows all things. Dear friends, if our conscience doesn't condemn us, we have confidence before God and can receive whatever we ask from him because we keep his commands and do what is pleasing in his sight. Now, this is his command that we believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he commanded us. The one who keeps his command remains in him and he in and him. And the way we know he remains in us is from the spirit he has given us. So verse 18 really hits home because it says we must not love with word or speech, but with truth and action, because People lie. That's a simple way to put it. But oftentimes people speak with their words, but that's not really what they you can say whatever you want to. But until you show me that you care for me or love me, your words mean nothing. That's why most people are annoyed with when people say, I'll pray for you, but choose not to pray in that moment or choose not to pray for them at all, even in secret. Because sure, you're saying you pray for me, but. Truth and action is what I need. I need an action from you to prove that you love and care for me. And then in uh, verse 23, he talks about, now this is the command that we believe in Jesus Christ and that we love one another as he commanded us. Again, with the love, we must love our brothers and sisters in Christ. We must love those who are not in Christ. Husbands must love their wives. Wives must love their husbands. Because by doing this, we keep his commands and he remains in us. And we remain in him by keeping these commands. So this was a very great chapter. It really talked about a lot of important stuff. A lot of important stuff that we already should have known about at least a little bit. If you didn't, now you know. So let's focus on trying to love our brothers and sisters in Christ, also our pe- all the people in the world, all the people we come in contact with. Let's try not to be hostile, have animosity with people. Try to have patience, understand before we seek to be understood. And, you know, continue to walk in love just as God, just Jesus did, just as God does, the personification of love. Because as we do that, we remain in him and Christ and Jesus abides in us and remains in us. So, what are we going to do this week? We're going to try to love others as Jesus loves us to lay down his life for us. Are you willing to lay down your life for other people? That's the real question. Are you willing to lay down your life for someone else, regardless of what they have done to you? Are you willing to lay down your life for them? Because you know that you are going to meet the Lord. And if 
you lay down your life for them and they survive, they still have a chance to find Jesus, their true savior. So that's a question to ask yourself this week. Are you willing to lay down your life for others? So I'm not going to go anywhere else with that. You already know what to do. Love everyone. Love your neighbor as you should love yourself. That's the second greatest commandment. God bless y'all and have a nice night. I'm sorry. Or a nice day.